What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, where you can get real, honest opinions about films that are opening in your theaters soon, and every once in a while, an older film as well. So stay tuned. Enjoy what you're hearing. Don't forget to like us and follow us on social media, at VS Movie Podcast. You know how all that works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. I am Mark, your host. With me again, uh, always welcome, always lovely to see Val Cameron from What to See with Val. How you doing on this early Sunday morning, Val? Good, good. How are you? Uh, you know, it's it's Sunday. It's it's no longer yard work day. Uh, so now it's now it's sit and catch up on movie stuff day. You have um, like a designated yard work day? Because you uh, I only want to do more things of an once. Adult. You're more know, of an adult right? but, than I am. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little more of an adult than you are, too. Uh, <laughs> on the clock. Uh <laughs> So it's been a while. You 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 have been uh, traveling uh, for your new job, which is not why we're here to talk. Uh, but so we haven't talked about movies in a while. We haven't. So so let's we're going to talk about just a few really quick that have come out in the last few weeks. Uh, I know a couple you saw when they went through Sundance, and we'll talk. I I want to I want to get your Sundance impressions. Okay. Uh, from those, uh, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about one of those first. Let's talk about one called uh honk for jesus uh sterling k brown regina hall as a uh southern baptist mega church couple uh who there's a scandal and they they've lost their congregation and they're trying to come back and so they have this documentary crew following them around to document their lead up to their comeback service on easter sunday um, this one was a tough nut to crack when we came out of the screeners thing the other, the other week. Uh, what, wh- where <laughs> you, you saw it during Sundance. I saw it during Sundance, you know, picking movies for Sundance is a little bit difficult. Cause you're like, you only have so many choices that you can pick as press before then you have to start purchasing those movies. But when I saw Sterling and I saw Regina and I am big fans of both of theirs. I thought this is something I want to see. Plus I love when um, you have a religious topic that hits close to home, but also is supposed to be a comedy. Right. Um, And this one was a little difficult because their characters are so frustrating, but they do such a good job creating these frustrating characters. Sterling K. Polson's character is so bougie, is the bougie, bougiest bougie guy. You know, his closet is probably something that most women want to have, right? Um, but you want their characters to be likable. And I think it for me, it doesn't quite get to the likable, right? It's always on that, that precipice of, ew, <laughs> because of what they're doing. 
Right. And the, the scandal we learn, I mean, you can guess what the scandal is early on. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's always one of two things when it comes to a mega church. It's either it's either yeah. money or sex. Um, so here's here's where I was at and what a lot of us said. You're right. Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall in this. Yeah. Put in some great performances. You don't know whether to love the characters or hate the characters or feel sorry for the characters. Um, the My problem is that this isn't shot as a documentary so it's only yeah. like half documentary and then half it's you know traditional filmmaking so i i hate when when filmmakers can't pick and stick to a conceit for the way they're going to tell a story and so this one is all over the place um in that regard the i mean the comparisons are easy uh you know because you know they pe preach the the prosperity gospel you know, the Joel Osteen, the Jim Baker, the, the Billy Graham. Uh, and aside from all of the, and I lived in the South for a while, so I'm passive, passively familiar with, with a lot of the Southern church, the Baptist, you know, the hats, the, you know, the, the way the communities, I get, I get all that. And so it felt like, yes, this is a satire of that culture, but it never really felt like a satire of that culture. It just felt like a satire of these two sad individuals. And so they're, they're great performances. And I don't think the movie is really that good. It's, no, it's, that's, it's the strangest that's, thing. It's the conflict of you want to keep watching because they're doing such a great job with these characters. But then, yeah, you're conflicted because the world around these characters seems to be normal, seems to be just fine. It's the world that they create in this world that's the satire. And because I watched it so closely to the uh, Tammy Faye Baker uh, movie, like I had that in my mind because I had only seen it like a month or two after that one was screened, <laughs> if that. Like, you know what I mean? And so I've got that. Right. You've got this. And I feel like every time we see a movie about this subject, it's almost exactly the same. The only difference was is how far are they going to push it with the characters. Um, and so for me, I don't know that they pushed it far enough. If you're going to be a satire, like you said, be a satire. If you're not, and you're going to show kind of this dirty world behind, you know, this pretty world that they're showing us, then go all the way that way. You know, if you have right. a man that has done something wrong and he says he's this way in front of people, but behind closed doors, he's this way. Go all the way back into that dirty darkness and show me him going to the bottom and then pulling himself back up. He didn't really go there. He didn't really go to the bottom. No, it's all we saw was him trying to swim back to the top. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, they, they, they drib and drab the, the, the scandal out, but you, you know what it is by the second mention. So, yeah. Uh, and you're just waiting for it. And even then it, yeah, it's just, it's, you want to tell people to watch it for the performances, but it's not really, it's not really that fantastic a film. Yeah. Wait so for it to stream. Yeah. So it, watch it's in the theaters. first 20 minutes. <laughs> right. And then watch like the last five. Yeah. Where Regina Hall really just explodes. Uh, <laughs> so that that's, that's where that's where I'm at on that. Uh, let's let's talk about another one, another Sundance film, real quick. Uh, you saw it; it was called Eight Ninety Two. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of mad now that in they theaters. I... Oh, go ahead. 
that no that they, that they renamed it yeah it's in theaters now uh, uh it's called breaking uh stars john boyega um as a as a vet former marine ptsd injured physically injured um who takes uh control of a bank he takes two hostages gets everyone else out of the bank and he says he has a bomb and so the movie is about him dealing with what's on the outside of the bank uh while dealing with these two hostages and his personal life so John Boyega, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, but this this film, I I don't hate John Boyega. Let's clear that up. Uh, I, I like his performance in this one a lot. Uh, that my my issue with this is, I don't I don't feel like they ever get these movies right completely. Uh, they always roll back around to a vet that's going through some trauma and there's some violence involved uh, in the now. And I just never feel like they get this quite right. I had to go do some research uh, because this is based on a true story. Those are some words that we love in the movie business because uh, you never know how based it is. Uh, but it's fairly accurate in terms of high points of, of yeah. events. You know, obviously we get into the dramatic, dramatic conversations and whatnot, but a lot of this stuff seems to be ripped from radio transcripts and, you know, witness testimony. So it's, it feels pretty good. Uh, before I get to my end, where you saw this during Sundance, how, how has it aged for you? I guess. Um, for me, it aged just fine. I know that a lot of critics, um, are during Sundance really liked this film. And then it's interesting to see now, where you go to the critics that are watching it outside of Sundance when it's in the real world of movies, um, it's getting really, really low scores. Um, for me, I am a huge fan of John Boyega and watching him grow cinematically through these different characters that he's played over the past couple of years. Um, I'm really excited for him. This is also Michael K. Williams last, uh, theatrical release. Um, and so yes. he did such a great job in this film. I think their back and forth was really great for me, but what I, it was the kind of supporting cast that I thought shined in this one as well. Um, the, you know, the bank tellers, um, I think you say it, Salinas, mm -hmm. uh, Leva. I don't know if I said that right. Um, she did fantastic. And then his, the woman who plays his wife, Nicole, and I never say her last name right either, Bahari. Um, she's been in a lot of things. Um, I know I did not say her last name right, but I think all in all, the cast is what you're going to want want to watch this film for, um, because how they interact with each other and make this story something you're going to talk about later is super important. Do I think that they hit the story on the nose? No, I don't, but I do think it's a conversation starter and you know how much I love those, you know, how much I love a movie <laughs> that makes it so that you can oh, yeah. leave that movie and then go have a further conversation. And this is a conversation that I think that we don't have enough, um, in this country and it's how we treat our vets after they've served their country. Um, and the systems that you have to go through just to get the things that you were told that you earned, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, this, like you have to go through mm -hmm. a lot of steps to get healthcare, to get money, to get, you know, all these different things. Like once you're out, we just kind of treat you like crap. So I think having that conversation, but it's also like just being a young person 
And how far will you go to take care of your family when you're struggling and nobody will listen to you? You know, and I think we're at a place in our country right now where that hits home as well. You know, there's a lot of people out there struggling financially and they can't go anywhere because there's a lot of people out there needing the same thing. So there's nowhere to go. Uh, so I do think this will hit hard for a lot of people. I loved the coloring of the film. Um, I loved the pacing. I thought the pacing was great. Um, so yeah, this, this hit high for me. Um, I think I just got excited about the people that are in it and where they're going to go. Um, but the, the film was enjoyable. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree that Michael K. Williams is really great. He's a Marine. He's the nego a hostage negotiator who has to deal with, with John Boyega's, Boyega's character. Um, my problem is that this, this is an inherently dramatic situation and nothing, it just, they minimize all of the outside drama by kind of hewing really closely to the story. And a lot of the dialogue is grabbed, but then it makes the film boring as a, as a film. You, now you're right. This, this is it. It's more the continuing scathing indictment of especially VA. Um, because yeah, there's a hoop for every, there's a hoop to figure out what hoop you have to jump through to get to something that should be easy. Um, and it's Boyega is great at just showing us that that frustration where because most of us when we're dealing with something and it's stupid we're we are very calm about it until we're not there's not like a yeah. ramp up there's always at some point that you get to the point where they just now you've pissed me off you know I've done a b c d e f q and now you're telling me I have to go back to g you know yeah no, we now it's just dumb. And now I'm going to raise my voice. You know, we don't all get put in handcuffed and dragged out of the regional office. Yeah. Um, but, but, but it, it is there. The, the, the interaction between him and the hostages is, is great. Um, I did like it. I do like, this is, this is a film that should get you talking about the government and how it deals with the things that it's says it's, it's going to deal with in ways that it says they're going to do it because it never does. The government never does. It doesn't matter. It's not just veterans. It's anything. The government says we're going to do this. And then they don't do that. Um, sometimes they do the exact opposite of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Michael, Michael K. Williams is great. Uh, Boyega is really, really good at expressing that, that kind of bottled up frustration um, that, that exists inside every veteran when they have to deal with that. Uh, and like I said, his, his interaction with the hostages is great, especially because they're like, well, I'll just move the money because this whole movie, again, it was, it was called 892. When you saw it, they changed the name for release to breaking Well, 892. He's, he's taken the bank hostage because the VA took one of his checks and all he wants is that check back. And they're like, well, how much money do they owe? He says $892 and 38 cents. Yeah. And it's literally, it's like, that is the price. That is how little money it takes for the government to drive someone crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, and I also it, think it really does. It showed the point of, you know, a lot of people kind of, we go about our, our lives um, buying our $6 coffees and, you know, doing the things that we're doing. And we don't realize that $800 is a lot for people, but it also is what it symbolized. It was, it was just what you owed me. And I just want you to give me what you owed me. 
You know, it had nothing to do with, I want millions of dollars. I want you, I want to be rich. I just, I did something. I earned it. You took it from me. And I just want that back so that I can continue to get through my, my day, you know, and, and he was a good person. He was a good person that just wanted the money that he earned. That was his. Um, and yeah, so for me, I, I'm kind of upset that I understand why they changed the name of the movie. If you go back to marketing and all that stuff, um, movies with numbers as titles do not do well at the box office. Usually, <laughs> um, <laughs> breaking. I never like, considered a, that, but he it had does a, sound a breaking right. point. Yeah, it, it's 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 a thing. Um, there are very few that have done really well because people need something to connect with, and if it's beyond right. what they can connect with they usually don't go pick that title right away. So breaking, we can all right now, especially kind of put that, like we're all at a breaking point right now. Um, So I get it. Um, I do think this is a good one watch. Like it it may not be the best movie made, but I do think to see the performances, to get through the story, you're going to get frustrated. I got frustrated, but I think sometimes that makes a good movie. Like with this one, you should be frustrated at the end with a lot of things. Yeah, the uh, the 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 ones that came to mind for me when I was watching, and it is a good one watch. Uh, but uh, Tom Holland did Cherry for Apple TV a couple years ago, which again, not a great movie, but a good performance yeah. and one we thought he needed to have. And it, again, there, there's a conversation to be had there. Uh, from a few years back, there was one called Thank You for Your Service. Yes, which yes, not a very polished film at all. No, but uh, I really did enjoy that one. Uh, because it was so raw. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought that one was really, really good as well. So I would recommend people go back and watch that one too. Um, so yeah, so, but breaking is in theaters now, so you can go catch it wherever you want to catch it. Let's talk about another film that is in theaters. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, I, I'm just going to, st- George Miller, Tilda Swinton, Idris Elba. And now you have a movie. Uh, and Dude. that movie is 3000 years of longing, which seems pretty simple. Uh, lady finds a gin in a bottle and he says, I have to grant you three wishes. And she goes, I know this game, this game sucks. Uh, and so the film becomes this weird game of what are we doing or you know why won't you wish why should you wish um it is 
one of the most interesting films uh i've i've seen this year uh just in terms of its creativity and storytelling um how where, where were you at uh, did you see this one with us or were uh, you... i saw this one uh this week so i saw it a week after you saw okay. it um and so for me i'm really i don't know where to be with this film because at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film when you meet the djinn the genie right there's some awful, right. awful, like, at, like 3D kind of stuff happening, right? The visuals, I was just like, oh my right. gosh, is this an unedit? Like, this isn't the, the final edit, right? The final cut of this. But then right. you get past that moment and the movie is visually vibrant. Like, there is so many different really cool things happening and colors and costumes and in magic and mystic and all this kind of stuff. But there were, and then there was a few parts where I was like, wait, I just watched um, interstellar again. And that's almost a direct cut from some visuals from interstellar and inception. Um, But again, really, really cool visuals happening. The story was also very interesting because it makes you question yourself like, okay, you've got these three wishes. They've got to be big wishes. It can't just be like, I want a car I want a meal. I want, you know, they need to be like your life's longing, like wishes. So what would you wish for? Are you happy? Your heart's desire. Are you happy and content in your life right now? And what would those hearts desire be? And, and what we learn through his stories is that often we as humans, we wish for the, in that moment. Like we don't think about what our heart's desire is long-term. We think we want right now. And that's usually what bites us mm-hmm. in the butt is, is wishing for yep. those things that are going to give us like right now um, happiness. Um, so I really liked that juxtaposition was we got to see his backstory and the things that he kind of was hoping to have. And then we got to see through him, like, she's learning things about what her desires are because she's just this strong, intelligent woman and she's perfectly happy and doesn't need anything else in her, in her life. That's what she keeps telling herself. Right. Yep. And so those things I like, she's she's come to peace. Right. Has she? (laughs) Um, And so I really, Tilda Swinton always picks interesting characters. Idris Elba. I love seeing him pick these different characters because I feel like, for at least five years, he was playing kind of the same thing over and over. And now he's kind of going out and reaching for these things that we don't expect from him. And I really loved him in this. What I didn't love was as we got towards the middle meat of the movie and towards the end, we got out of the fantasy for a minute and we kept on getting like these racial injections from real life, right? From the now. So am I supposed to be outside and thinking of fantasy? This is just a fantasy world where color and race and, and sex and everything doesn't matter. Or am I also supposed to think this is a white woman keeping a black man captive? Like, (laughs) like, so I don't, I don't know how to feel like, am I supposed to be in this fantasy mystical world? Or am I also supposed to be thinking about this, this, you know, social justice thing, which I'm totally fine thinking of either, but I didn't get enough of one, 
but so I don't understand why some of it was there. I don't know if you saw that, but like, I didn't understand why some of it was interjected and then just kind of tossed aside and never talked about again. Like why give us that if you're not going to make it a thing? Yeah. The, that comes when she gets back to, to London. Yeah. Uh, her neighbors uh, see the very large black man living with her and she goes over it. So yeah. So they're not, they're not, these are two old English biddies uh, that live next door to her uh, that, yeah, they, they say all the things, but really that's the only place that it, that it kind of pops up. Uh, so I everything mean, else when is she told in home. the fantastic. Well, she's, they kind of bring it up okay, too so, when she, like, why do you travel? Why can't you just stay here and, and talk about our history and our lives? Aren't we good enough, you know, for you? And she's like, I want to learn about the world around me. So two times they interject it, but why even interject it if you want us to maintain the fantasy, the fantastical, you know, it's just frustrating a little bit. Why? Well, I think it, it, I think it just says more about her character than, it, than he's trying to say anything about. Um, because part of it, I think is her fascination with stories is a way to distract herself from her own, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, she was married then divorced. And she came to terms. She has this career as a narratologist uh, where she goes out and studies stories. So yeah. So the whole movie is, is kind of backwards. She's, she studies stories and he's the one that's telling her stories to try to convince her why she needs to make these wishes. Um, and we don't really get her story, but we, we just keep getting her going. No, I don't need, because you know, I don't, I don't have a heart. I have everything I need. I have my career. I have my traveling. I have my books. I have my stories. Um, and then all of that, of course, is belied when she realized that she does. She wants the exact same thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that those two things wind up being uh, kind of mutually destructive or that one thing is mutually destructive. So, you know, the, the at the end of the movie, they they kind of figure that out in a very Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones locker kind of way. <laughs> but uh which was actually kind of my first thought when I watched it, but, um, but no, I, I, I think it, it was just more there to say more about her than it was to say about society, because you don't have to say that about society because everyone knows those people exist. Um, especially in England, uh, you hate to say that, but, but that the mindset espoused by her neighbors is very common. Um, because they have, they have issues over there and their society's built a little different than, than even ours is for as much alike as we are uh, culturally, there's still some differences there, but, but no, I, I, I liked it. Like you're, you're right. And it's nice to see Idris Elba not being black Superman. Um, in, in this case, it's very, it, it's a very actively subdued role. If that, if you can have both of those things at the same time um, and, and until the, and I, I actually, I left, I was like, man, you know, I, I almost feel bad for Tilda Swinton because as great as she is in this, she's almost a supporting character because it is so much about the, the gin's journey Yeah. to get to, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if I did the math, she's actually lead, but I, <laughs> she, it felt really sidelined until the end. Uh, and so I, I almost felt bad for her uh, in that way. But I think both performances are great. I think both performances should be talked about. We're getting into award season. Um, I think their names will be talked about a lot, whether they make final lists or not. Uh, I don't know. I, I was, 
I, I, I had forgotten that George Miller directed this. And I'm like, the guy that did Mad Max and, you know, all this other stuff. And they're like, he also did Babe in the City. And I was like, or Babe Big in the City. And I was like, oh my God. Which, which Two doesn't very, make very any different sense. movies. <laughs> but both visually very, very different captivating movies. movies. Yes. But uh, then uh, I, I, I went back and I'm like, really? And I had to look and, you know, and it's Mad Max, it's Mad Max. Uh, as a director and then he had directed the witches of eastwick and i'm like oh now it makes sense yeah so yeah. it's like that's that's a little closer yeah to, to three thousand years of longing uh <laughs> than than mad max or 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 happy feet or babe pig in the city that just <laughs> none of that fits together uh so uh, it's, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was I incredible. I, I would want to see it again. Yes. For the visuals. Uh, I think the visuals through most of the film are really great. It's a little, it does slow down a little bit in the center section when he's in Turkey and he's just trapped, but watching. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's stuck. It's that, it gets a little slow there. Yeah. Um, once he's out of that once, and once Alethea, Tilda Swinton's character, once she, she goes, here is what my wish is. And she yeah. tells him, she goes, and, and she, she wishes it. And she goes, is that too big? Is that too much? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. so it's a question more than it is a wish. Um, yeah. But I think that's that, but it, it, but it is after you, you hear all of his stories, it's like, that's his wish too. And I just thought that was, that was really cool that they actually want the exact same thing so badly that they're willing to do that. Um, I, I said I said it was sublime, and like I said, except for that little draggy part in the middle, I think this is just a really incredible movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, but I was shocked; I was not expecting it to be a love story movie, um, mm. because all of his stories are really about love more than anything. Mm -hmm. I think they're uh, so also about. I, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but but it is. Yeah, I mean, every movie that you just listed is about a journey, about a starting place. And like this big, long journey to get to the end. I mean, you know, Happy Feet, Babe, Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're all yeah. kind of about these these journeys and about figuring out where you fit um, in this journey. And both characters are trying to figure out where they fit, you know. Um, you know, and there is something to be said about, you know, her wishes and how she did them. I don't really want to give away what all of her wishes were. Um but, you know, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. I thought the performances were good. I don't know if I'm as enthusiastic about you as the film as a whole. Um, I do think that it was something different. And I liked that. I liked that it was about the djinn's journey because we usually only hear about what the djinn does for someone else, you know, what the genie does for someone else in their journey. So I liked you know, seeing where he had been and his footprint and who left, you know, their mark on him. That was just an interesting side um, for me. Uh, and I do agree that in the middle, it, yeah, how it he needed to there. be tightened up. Yeah. And how he got there. Um, and I thought it was a good movie that everybody should see at least one time, especially in the theater, because I think that theater experience is very much what this movie is about. Whereas the last few movies mm. that we talked about, you could stream at home and be fine, you know? Yeah, you definitely could. So that, yeah. So that's that. I said, I, 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 clear, I'm, I'm still waiting to talk to Ryan about it. I don't know how he feels about it. We'll have to see how that goes. I would love to hear um, where he's at on that as well. 
uh yeah that'll that'll be a fun that'll be a fun conversation i don't i don't know we'll, we'll have to see how it goes like i said i was i was surprised by it uh and so that helps when i get to the end i was surprised in a good way so that always that always helps the final score of a film um whew, so that's three movies that we've seen in the last couple of weeks you've been busy as all get out yeah uh, and and i know you have more travel coming up but while you're out and about on your travels I know you're still going to be recording stuff with your other guys. So if you want to take a minute real quick, tell everyone where they can listen to all of your various and sundry efforts. (laughs) Well, uh, I think my biggest one is uh, movies that make us so you can go movies that make us on any streaming, um, you know, arena plus our website, movies that make us.com. We talk about a lot of movies. We just got done talking about, um, Arietti, I haven't seen that movie, uh, The Secret World of Arietti, um, because we 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 paired it with Marcel the Shell and Shoes, so kind of this little worlds within worlds. Um, so that was kind of what we were doing. Um, and then What to See with Val is where to see everything that I do on Channel Four um, and read all of my reviews, uh, that kind of stuff. So um, both of those places are a great place to find me. Um, also. I do want to throw out there Rogue One. I went and saw it in the IMAX theater um, this weekend and love it still. Glad to see it on IMAX. Um, that movie holds up very well. Yeah, I don't have an IMAX that close to me, unfortunately. So oh, dang. I would have to travel off the sea. Maybe it's still going on. I know, right? It's horrible. At the we're district. The, that's where I went. We're in the boonies went, up here. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know. I, yeah. I, I could drive, but it's been a busy weekend. I, so yeah. I, I, I know they're, they, uh, they're showing some Andor footage. Is it like a trailer after? I, or did they I cut? know it's before. So I thought it was just going to be this little sneak peek trailer before or after. And they actually show us almost the whole first episode. Um, I'm very wow. excited about it because I love the fact that they picked this character to follow. Um, and the actors that are going to be in Andor are really great. I think a lot of people are fans of Rogue One because it's steps and please don't kill me on this comment. Star Wars can be a little hokey sometimes. That's why most of us love it. This is the more, I guess, realistic quote unquote <laughs> version of a Star Wars movie. Um, and so I'm excited to see them follow um, this storyline and the actors that they got. We have a scars guard, man. We've got, we've got the daddy scars guard in, in Andor. Um, and I'm very excited about that. That's excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that. Now I'm, I'm, I, I might go watch the trailer for Andor. I've, I've, <laughs> you know, steadfastly avoided watching the trailer, uh, specific. It's coming out in a few weeks, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. Um, cool. Well, thank you for coming back, Val. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, and, uh, Until we talk to you again and until I talk to everyone out there again, don't forget to uh, like, follow, and share the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast wherever you listen to us on podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at VS Movie Podcast as well. That would be great. And if you're watching us on YouTube, click subscribe. That's great too. So take it easy, everyone. Stay safe. Have a wonderful week slash weekend wherever you're listening to this. Uh, And we will talk to you all later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.